Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. These are the last three verses of Haggai. Y'all, we literally just preached an entire book of the Bible in the last four weeks. I love that. Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 through 23 reads something like this. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month to tell Zerubbabel. That's a funny name. How many of y'all kids would name your kids Zerubbabel? Raise your hand. No one. Okay, sorry. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers, horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his own brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you my signet ring, for I have chosen you. Look at your neighbor say, you are chosen. I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. And that's a good place to say. Today, if you are taking notes on this message for heart for the house, I've entitled it this, Chosen. Chosen. Amen? Father God, once again, I thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray that before the earth began to spin on this axis, you knew each and every human that was going to be in this room today and watching online. And God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, open hearts, minds, and ears to hear and receive a message that will always and only be about Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you. I pray that you touch our hearts as you reveal your son through this word. In Jesus' name. And everybody set? Everybody set? Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on. So the premise for Heart for the House really. We got to the essence of it a couple weeks back in Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, and it said, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. I want you to think about it like this. What you got right now is better than anything you've ever had. If you believe that, say amen. I always believed that we serve a God that allows our lives to get better and better and better. And the Bible says the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And I will, it says, and in this place, I love this, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. Y'all, we are building something beautiful right now in God's house with this merger as we are bringing multiple bodies of Christ together, not for the little C church, but for the capital C church, because how many of you know God has a kingdom agenda, and we 
are building something right now where people are going to find Jesus because Jesus himself is glory and wherever there is glory there is peace because Jesus is the prince of peace I don't know about you I don't want to walk into any old mundane house where I can't feel the presence of God every time I get into God's house around God's people living stones that are being built up to be an eternal kingdom now and for forevermore I pray that when I get in a place like this when I am hurting when I am broken when I am lost when I can't see that I will come into God's house and I will have vision and I will feel whole and I will feel new and I will feel help because the glory of God is in this place if you believe that say amen that's the kind of house I want to be a part of amen when I get here man even after all the stuff my family's recently been going through, man, when I get here, people say, how you feel? I say, I feel good because I'm around you. Yeah. I feel good being around my family, and this is the type of house that we want to build, a place of glory, because where the glory of the Lord is, there is peace. But last week, we talked about the blessing of obedience, and in Haggai chapter 2, 17, Haggai gets a word, the prophet from the Lord. This is after the Israelites are, are allowed by the Persians to come back from exile. They've been kicked out of their homeland for 70 years. They're finally allowed to come back. When they first get back, they get excited. They, they wait two years, and then they start, and they lay the foundation of God's temple. But then something happened, man. They started to stop caring about God's house, and they only started to care about their houses. And they left God's house with just a foundation for 14 years while they built all this stuff just for themselves. They took the focus off of God, and they put the focus back on them. And God then speaks to the prophet Haggai, whose book that we are in. And he's like, um, it's time to wake these people up. Because they're sitting here building all these mansions and stuff for themselves. And they, they done left me over here with nothing. And I'm the one that allowed them to come back from the exile. How you going to forget the one that blessed you in the first place in order to bless yourself? This was the problem with God's people. So he sends the prophet Haggai. He's like, it's time for y'all to wake up. Um, you, you, you more focused on building your nice panel houses, but you, you got me over here uh, in, in shambles, and I'm not going to allow that anymore. And I love what Haggai 2.17 says. He says, I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. And we realize that some of us, we, we see the, the situation where, God, why is nothing I'm doing working? The enemy's attacking me. He don't want me to prosper. And then you start saying things like no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When the reality is it wasn't the enemy that attacked you. God allowed the attack to happen to you so that he can get your attention again. He wanted to wake you up. Some of us got to realize we've been blaming the enemy for lessons that God is teaching us. And I preached it last week. Real truth is God put a pause in your prosperity for you to make a change in your priority. To me, like, more of my stuff ain't working. God stopped it. Stop blaming the devil. God stopped it because your priorities may not have been in order. Let's the people know that. And Haggai 2.19 comes after that because 
it lets us know when you prioritize God, when you're obedient to God, there's an automatic blessing that follows your obedience. Like the Bible always says, obedience is better than what? Haggai 2.19 taught us that the day that those people decided to finally be obedient to God and continue building his temple the way that he had wanted it built, when they prioritized God in obedience, that day he declared over their life, from this day on I will bless you. How many of you, listen, I don't want to just get blessed. I want blessing that never stops. I want a from this day forward blessing. I don't want to just get blessed today. That's nice. That's cute. But I need blessing tomorrow too. And the day after that. And the day after that. And the day, I want a from this day forward blessing. The key to unlocking a from this day forward blessing is your obedience. That's what the word teaches. Right? So this week, I love this. Because of our obedience to God, he has chosen us to be the recipient of his blessing. And the church said, so this week, I want to talk about the importance of being chosen. First point I want you to catch is this. Because you are chosen, God will prepare the way. Because you were chosen, God will prepare the way. Look at Haggai chapter 2, right? We're going to jump into verse 20 and read the 22. There's only three verses that we dissect in the day. I'm sorry, I ain't got a bunch of funny stories. I'm just going to preach the word like a Bible study. Is that okay? Okay. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens in the earth. Man, I hear that, I get excited. God, you about to shake some stuff up? Oh, man, see, y'all too quiet in church for me today. Here we go. So I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. He says, I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. In these verses, we're hearing the might of God over the authority of the earth. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. Why is this important? After the exile, you have to understand, the Israelites had, hadn't had anything of their own for 70 years. They pretty much been enslaved and under somebody's rule for 70 years, and they were only allowed to go back to their own home because another king said that they would. So imagine their status as a nation amongst the status of other nations all over the world. They probably felt minuscule. They probably felt like, man, we ain't got no power or authority. We're just subject to anybody else that wants to come in and be the ruling body. They felt like they had Nothing. And because God's people felt so insignificant to the other powers of the world, God has Haggai come in. And he prophesies this way to encourage them. I know what it looks like right now, but I promise you, you're still on the winning side. I know how you feel. But you are still on the winning side. And in the verses prior, Haggai, he addresses the priest. And we talked about that last week. He was like, hey, because y'all supposed to be teaching the right thing and people are disobedient, it's y'all fault. 
priest, y'all get yourselves in order. And the high priest at that time was Joshua. So the first address from Haggai was for him. Hey, priest, get yourselves together because you ain't preaching and teaching the right thing. The people ain't doing the right thing. Y'all need to lead by example. I promise you, me and Joe ain't going to do everything in our power to lead you by example. And the church said, right? But in this address, he's like, all right, I'm shifting from the priest. I done dealt with them. Zerubbabel will not want to talk to you. Governor, now I want to talk to you. The governing body, I want to speak to you. And he, oh, I love this. Because he talks to Zerubbabel specifically, and he lets him know, he says, you are chosen. You are chosen to build the temple. And I love this. He's like, not only are you chosen, I ain't going to let anything stand in your way from building it. If something come against you, they better know they coming against me. I'm not going to allow anything to stop my agenda on this earth. I am so sick of the agendas of the earth. When will God's people stand up and have God's agenda come to the forefront as opposed to all the other nonsense agendas that people are pouring out on us each and every day? When we push the Lord's agenda, I promise you nothing can stop us. I love this, because Zerubbabel is chosen. God says, man, I'm about to start shaking this earth up, because I don't want nothing to stop you. I'm about to overturn other authorities, because I don't want something to stop you. And here's the truth. I believe that there are some chosen people in this room today and watching online today, but you're not always confident that God chose you because something's standing in your way. The truth of the manner is that every time you're chosen by God, there's always going to be opposition. There is never some, there will never be a time in your life that you've been chosen that, that something will not stand in the way of your choosing. Something always wants to block what God is trying to do. And some of us, we, we, we allow this thing that is trying to stop our choosing to stop us from believing that we have been chosen in the first place. Like, you were chosen to start the business, but now you're out of money, so now you feel like you weren't chosen. Y'all, y'all, I, hey, I, 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 ain't, I ain't preaching y'all. I've been there. I, I, I was like, man, we started this business. We started doing good. Then we had some dry season. I'm like, Lord, we supposed to keep doing this thing? Huh. You were chosen to have that child, but you still have not conceived. But God, I thought you was going to carry the legacy through me. What, what happened? What's, what's going on? Why, why are we having so much difficulty? Like this, ah, like... What's, 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 what's going on? Did, did, did I hear you wrong? I, I love that because like you could be chosen, you meet some opposition, then you start to think like you're going spiritually deaf. Did, God, did I, did, I hear, did I hear wrong? Huh. You were chosen to be healed, but the condition got worse. But hold up, hold up, hold up. I thought you said by your stripes, God, like, like I heard that. I heard come alive in the name of Jesus. This is the house of miracles. I, 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 I heard by my faith that I have been healed. Why, why did it go from stage one to stage four? Oh, man. I'm chosen. Chosen to break the curse in my family. But now the generational curse is affecting me. 
Oh, man, y'all don't want me to preach today, man. No. I, be, ah, I know I'm the one that, that's going to break the abuse cycle. Why am I getting, why, why am I, how did I find myself in a situation where I'm getting abused and I'm supposed to break the abuse? How did I find myself in a situation where I'm an alcoholic when I said I was going to break that in my family? How did I find myself here? I thought I was chosen. Huh. You're chosen to walk in purpose. But you're walking around with no idea what you have been purposed to do. I, I, I thought, I, I got I to say it. I know God's supposed to empower me and let me know what I'm supposed, what my mission is. But God, I feel missionless. I've, I feel just as lost as I did before. Before I was chosen. I, I feel like God wanted me to come up on this platform today to reinforce to somebody and deliver a message to stay faithful because you are chosen and the heavens and the earth are about to shake in your favor and anything that is in your way is about to get moved out of the way because there is no power, there is no authority, there is no principality that is greater than the God that chose you. If God before you then who could stand against you? So stop allowing the mountains that are in your way. Stop allowing the oppositions that are in your way to make you feel like you are not chosen. Your feelings are not final. They are futile. Do not listen to how you feel. Listen to the voice of the Lord that said, before I formed you, I knew you. God chose you and don't let anything in this earth stop you from believing you have been chosen. If you believe it, say amen. You're chosen, man. Stop letting these, this thing called life stop you from feeling like you've been chosen. God was so intentional about the word that he gave Zerubbabel specifically that he doubled down on it. He confirmed it in another part of his word. Quick sidebar. When you feel like God has told you something, make sure you confirm it. I've always preached this. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it till the day I die. God has a stuttering problem. When he wants you to do something, he's going to keep on repeating it until you do it. Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? Did you do it? He's going to confirm it. The prophet told me, that's cute. Did you confirm it in his word? Did did. Because our God, he doubles down on what he wants done. So much so that not only does Haggai give Zerubbabel this word, the prophet, the younger prophet, Zechariah, who was the prophet at the same time as Haggai, goes up to Zerubbabel and gives him another word. That is just like the one that Haggai preaches. Look, look, look at this. In Zechariah 4, 6, he says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. To who? Say that 10 times fast. So now we hear another prophet, another prophet 
is giving this same man another word from God. And when you hear it, you're going to realize how similar it sounds to the first word. And it's actually a word you might have heard before. So he says to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it. God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple and his hand will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Hear me today. Do not despise where you start. Do not despise the small beginnings. It may seem like you haven't broken through yet, but God is about to shake some mighty mountains in your way and bring them down to ground level because you have laid the foundation of your future with your faith and your hands will complete whatever you start in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. You are chosen. Look at your neighbor and say you're chosen. Look at your other neighbor and say you're chosen. Because God chose you, he will make a way for you to finish what you start. I ain't even preaching. I'm preaching to me today. Because sometimes I need a reminder, man. The bigger things get, the less of a handle you feel like you got on things. And God has said, son, don't forget I chose you. Hey, don't get big-headed. Remember, I chose you. Stay humble. Don't forget, I chose you. No matter what happens on this journey called life and your purpose, never forget that God chose you. If he chose you, he's going to make a way for you. But finally, I'm almost done. Because you are chosen, God will fulfill his promise through you. You're going to be the link. You're going to be the key that allows the promise to get fulfilled. Haggai chapter 2, verse 23. This is the last verse. I love this. It's so good. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord. I love this. I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. I have chosen you. Let's, let's break this down. Zerubbabel. I've been saying that name that sounds funny, but it actually has a meaning. Zerubbabel means sown in Babylon. What sown? A seed. He was born in a time of captivity. How many of you know he was born a captive, but he would die free? Oh, man. Zerubbabel, born in Babylon. He was, born, he was a seed that was sown in Babylon. So say Zerubbabel. Say seed. It's a seed, right? Now, I love this because now God is calling the seed Zerubbabel. He says, you are my signet ring. You are my signet ring. A signet ring was used as a stamp 
it was also um, it was also a seal that would be on the ring. So imagine a ring like this, and it has some kind of indentation on it that that when there was a letter, wax would be pouring on the letter. Maybe you've seen this in an old movie, and they would take they would take the 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 the, the logo or the brand or the signature, because that's usually what it was—a king's signature or seal or crest that was on the ring—and they would press it into the hot wax. And when they did that, it's like, it's like a modern-day notary. <laughs> it's like, this is an official document. This is an official documentation that comes from the king, and I know, I know there's authority behind the seal because that seal was only given by that signet ring, right? So it was an official supreme authority worn by a king to be used to make official statements by a person, or, or this was a way for that same person, like a king or a dignitary, to guarantee a promise. The signet ring was a seal that guaranteed a promise. So, we know that Zerubbabel is a seed that was sown in Babylon, but God, he says, you're my signet ring. You're, you're the seal. You're the, you're, you're the signature. You, you, you are the sign of my authority. You are, you are, I'm going to use you to keep a promise. Oh, man. Listen. So, of all people in the world, why did God choose the governor, Zerubbabel, to make a statement and to keep a promise? And I want you to understand God did not choose Zerubbabel because of who he was. He chose Zerubbabel because of who he would become. Some of y'all think, I'm going to come over here and preach to them first. Some of y'all think that God can't choose you because of who you were. He's not choosing you because of who you were. He's choosing you because he knows who you will become. Maybe they ain't catching, so I'm going to say it right here. Some of y'all think, God can't choose me. He don't know my past is so messy. I was all over the... Ain't no way. If I walk into church, when I sit down, I'm going to just spontaneously combust. Ain't no way that God could choose me. He's not choosing you because of who you were. He's choosing you because he already knows who you... Y'all kind of there, but y'all y'all might be the ones that let me know because you might be feeling down on yourself today. You're like, nah, ain't no way, man. Like, you see my past? You see what family I, I come from? God says, don't worry about it. I wrote out each and every one of your days before any one of them came to be. I'm not choosing you based upon who you were. I'm choosing you because I know who you will become if you in this place and you believe that. Give God a shout of praise. He didn't choose him because of who he was. He knew he'd become. He knew who he would become. You see, prove it, pastor. <laughs> Bible tells me so. See, I told you, Zerubbabel was born in Babylon, but he was able to come home and be free after the exile. And God put him in a position of authority to be the governor. And I love this because after the exile, I'll just give you a little Bible history. 
after that 70 years, they came home, they started building the temple. And from that point, there were, listen to this, 14 generations until the birth of Jesus. 14. And I love this because the Bible, we read past genealogies because we like, I can't pronounce that name. But there's genealogies in the Bible. And I love this because the Bible gives us a legal genealogy in, in Matthew and a physical genealogy in Luke. And I'm going to read both of them to you. And I promise you, after I read this to you, you shouldn't ever look at all these names the same. Look at the legal genealogy of Jesus through Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. I'm, I'm just going to read the part of it that's going to make sense for us. After the exile, remember I said after the exile? There's 14 generations. L listen to this. Jeconiah was the father of Sheltiel. Sheltiel was the father of who? That's where our story begins, right there. The father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Ehud. Ehud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliahud. Eliahud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. I can read, y'all. But now let's look at Luke. Let's look at the physical genealogy of Jesus. Now Jesus himself, this time it's going to go backwards. Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, son of Heli, son of Methat, son of Levi, son of Melchi, son of Janiah, son of Joseph, son of Matthias, son of Amos, son of Nahum, son of Esli, son of Nagai, son of Math, son of Matthias, son of Simeon, son of Joseph, son of Jodah, son of Jodan, son of Resha, son of who? <laughs> oh, Zerubbabel Zerubbabel y'all may just seem like an insignificant person to us but he was the key to God's plan the whole time I love this because Zerubbabel is the center the link the signet ring that links both branches of Jesus Christ's family tree together. Y'all, in Matthew, the lineage is established because who? Jesus is what? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Matthew calls him the son of who? Thank you for somebody that comes to UBC. Matthew calls him the son of David. So, in Matthew, the lineage is established through one of David's sons called Solomon to Zerubbabel, which takes it all the way to Joseph, the early step, the earthly stepfather of Jesus. That's his legal lineage. Jesus could not be the Messiah if his father legally was not upon the line that came from David. Joseph legally gives Jesus the right to be called Messiah. But it's beyond that. It was not just a legal link. There was a physical link. Because in Luke, the lineage is established from another one of David's sons. Not Solomon, but his name was Nathan. And it goes from Nathan to Zerubbabel, all the way down to 
Mary, the mother of Jesus. So now we know that with, because of the immaculate conception, we know she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, but physically Jesus had to be birthed through her body. So now he has the legal right to the Messiah and he has the physical right to Messiah from his mother to his father. I need somebody to catch this. So Zerubbabel is the seed and the signet ring. Oh, I, I, is, this hurt, is this helping somebody today? He's the seed and the signet ring. And what the people of Zerubbabel's time did not realize is that Zerubbabel was the seed sown in Babylon, chosen by God to keep a promise that he will bless mankind for all of eternity through redemption before creation. And his name was Jesus. This is all about Jesus. Jesus through... Haggai through Zerubbabel was prophesying about Jesus. Because of Zerubbabel, the governor, the signet ring of God's people who was obedient to building the temple of God, he becomes the necessary link in the legal and physical genealogy of Jesus Christ who is the promised fulfill redemption for all of creation now and forevermore Zerubbabel was chosen by God to fulfill a promise because of his obedience to build God's temple his obedience to build God's temple and I believe y'all God has chosen the people of cool church we are chosen. Why? Because of our obedience to build God's temple. We are chosen. And it reminds me of something the apostle Paul said to the church in Thessalonica of how God chose them. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, Paul, man, he affirms the church. He says, but we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as his first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through the belief in truth. He called you through our gospel that you might share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, God chose us and saved us to share in the glory of Jesus. Today, you need to know that we have been chosen. We have been chosen to build strong families. We have been chosen to build strong futures. We have been chosen to be the miracle in this city and other cities and cities all around the world. We have been chosen to be people of influence. We have been chosen to love people back to life. We have been chosen to encourage the next generation. You have been chosen to break the curse in your family. You have been chosen to have a strong marriage and a strong family. You have been chosen to raise those babies up in the love and the admonition of the Lord. You 
you have been chosen to prosper. You have been chosen to have healing hands. You have been chosen to have miracle working power flow through you. So don't let anybody look down on you. Don't let any mountain or authority or principality stand in your way because if God chose you, there is nothing that can stop you from doing what he called you to do if you believe it. Say amen. I just wish somebody would know that they are chosen. And it's not about who you were. It's about who he called you to be. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.